Wellness Force Radio. Feelings are essential, but they can't dictate our actions. We literally infect each other with our emotions. We came here for a special purpose. Let the purpose unveil itself. Knowing without doing is the same thing as not knowing. They're not just trackers. I'm going to wear this and it's going to help me do the right thing. Wellness Force Radio episode 143 with Thaddeus Owen. Let's figure out how to take advantage of all these things that your body and your mind can do on its own when we get out of its way and we know the right techniques that are free before we bring in the technology. So what are these ancient practices that lock in health and vitality in us, as well as what the latest science tells us about our own biology and physicality so that we can combine those two things to be better humans, to be optimally healthy, to fix our brains, our anxieties, our tribe. What I have come to learn is that internal emotional work is probably one of the, if not the number one thing that most people need to work on for optimal health and to make themselves just a better human. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent, and welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. Welcome back for a special release episode. We're bringing you our second live interview from the Bulletproof Biohacking Conference in Pasadena, where I got to sit down for a compelling and deep dive conversation with the co-founder of Primal Hacker, Thaddeus Owen. Now, this is a conversation that comes around just every once in a while. It was one of those face-to-faces that was so fun and deeply connected about subjects in our health and wellness world that I so care about in this intersection of truth, wellness, and biohacking. I mean, in 2017, the health and wellness world cannot be more of a confusing place at times for most people, especially when it comes to the rise of self-proclaimed health experts who may not always have your best health and wellness in mind. This ocean of info online leads millions of people to the false promise land every day from clickbait websites, Facebook ads, and even more concerning now with this big trend emerging towards getting the body, the abs, the fitness that people want in weeks rather than months. There's a new segment of our industry that's growing fast, and it's called biohacking. But do the biohacking claims about using wires, lights, pills, tubes, and devices truly stack up against the power of doing the deeper emotional inventory around why someone's health suffered in the first place? What's our body's response to blue light? How do we biohack for wellness in the EMF, Wi-Fi congested, and artificially lit up world that so many of us work and live inside of? The ultimate question, can we combine biohacking with the physical and emotional intelligence needed to really live life well? Well, the short answer is yes, but the longer answer is it depends. Thaddeus is going to go into depth about how you can use these different tools and biohack yourself in the truth about biohacking. We'll also discuss his TEDx presentation called Light Hacking where he shares groundbreaking scientific research around the dangers of blue light and how it's affecting us so much more than we ever thought before. You'll learn his guidelines for optimal health and how to defend against harmful blue light as well as the emotional strength and fortitude and ultimately expression that Thaddeus grew within himself to transcend 10 years of working in the pharmaceutical industry. He came from the dark side, now he's in the light. To be such a pillar of physical and emotional intelligence for us all. Thaddeus believes that beyond using cutting-edge science and biohacking tools, when it comes to true wellness, it starts from our heart. Because everyone's truth and exploration of life is on a different path. You must understand yourself and your own truth by seeking the things that will build you up from the inside out. Let's drop in with Thaddeus Owen. 
Doesn't it feel like we're in a spaceship wearing these headsets? <laughs> this is why I love doing podcasts in person. It's so different than Skype. We're literally going to be talking to each other's souls. I mean, it's more fun. It's way more fun. This is why I'm so stoked to do this podcast today, man. By the way, we are live at the 2017 Bulletproof Biohacking Conference. Woo-woo. I am sitting here with my new friend who I've had the pleasure of hanging out with for two and a half days. That is Owen, co-founder of Primal Hacker and sustainability manager, a national leader in turning sustainable ideas into reality. Thanks for joining me, man. Oh, I'm excited to be here. You know, we are wearing matching glasses. You actually inspired me. Uh, Tell people why we wear these glasses. We're going to talk about your TED Talk, this lens that we have on. Why are we wearing our sunglasses during the day? Like, what's this all about? (laughs) Yeah, Josh, this is is so cool. And this is one of the things that I think is accessible to everyone. Everyone can understand this. There is no, I mean, zero debate about the science of why we're wearing this. The only debate is why don't more people know about it? So we are wearing a set of lenses right now for the daytime. So if you work in front of a a laptop computer, if you work in a windowless office, if your kids are in school on technology, all of those technologies from the overhead lighting, the LED lighting. So we've moved from the Edison light bulb, which is the incandescent bulb, yes. and lighting with candles and fire at night for millennia to light that has no infrared and red in it. It's actually based on a blue light technology. So all the lighting we're now exposed to, if we're not out in natural sunlight or under incandescent light, we're under LEDs and we're under compact fluorescent lights. Those lights have a very high spike in the blue spectrum of light. And so what happens is that blue spectrum of light causes free radical damage to your eyes. It causes what's called reactive oxygen species. So when we're exposed to that light, it's causing damage to our eyes. And the thing that prevents that damage or corrects it is red and infrared light from the sun or from candle or from fire. We don't have that indoors anymore. So we know absolutely that there are studies that prove that exposure to that blue light does two things stops your melatonin production, which helps you sleep at night and is the body's master anti-cancer hormone and creates these free radicals, which will lead to macular degeneration in the eye. Tell people who don't know what that is, uh, macular degeneration. It's a whole boatload of free radicals that are damaging your eye so that as you age, when you damage too much of the eye pigment, you will go blind. So literally the blue light is making people blind. Uh, There's many peer-reviewed studies about this. The glasses we're wearing block the high-frequency blue light that damages our eyes. So we're wearing protection. Unless we're exposed to natural light, we take our glasses off. So when you're inside during the day, uh, under blue light, or at night after the sun sets, you want to protect your melatonin, you wear these blue light blocking glasses. So we're protecting ourselves. Your kids should be protecting themselves. So many kids, by the way, are on devices all day long. So there are many medical doctors and optometrists and ophthalmologists that are predicting a generation of blindness from exposure to all these LED-based technologies around all day. Kids also, as an adult, your eye yellows from just aging. And that yellow of your eye protects against some of the blue light. Kids don't have that yellowing of the eye. They have no protection against any of the blue light they're getting all day long. So this was never a case until about the last five years. So this is a new thing that's going to come up. It's very important for everyone to look into it and to protect your eyes. Wow. So obviously you are passionate about understanding the human condition, how biohacking can support that and uplift the human whether it's through tech or sunglasses or or by any means necessary. How did you come across this path uh, to found Primal Hacker? Exactly. So um, Primal Hacker is kind of our passion project at the moment. I mean, you heard that I've got a full-time corporate job where I keep toxic chemicals out of building products and furniture. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. It's... uh, 
I just I can't work in a job that doesn't provide some benefit to humanity. And and that's why I founded Primal Hacker. So I have been on this journey over the last 10 years to learn everything that I can because I'm just super passionate about health and fitness and well-being. And I have personally suffered from uh, stress and anxiety to the point where I had such high social anxiety, I could not give a presentation, I could not talk one-on-one with anybody, and I wanted to fix that. So my journey to fix that led me to learn so many beneficial things that would benefit others that I wanted to share that. And what I wanted to do is share it in a way that wasn't uh, people grasping for new technology and supplements and paying all this money, but what are the free, the strategies that everybody can use that are super effective that we should all be doing that provide massive benefit? And that's why we founded Primal Hacker, was to say, let's figure out how to take advantage of all these things that your body and your mind can do on its own when we get out of its way and we know the right techniques that are free before we bring in the technology. I love the fact that you said, when we get out of its way. I mean, that's big because we all have this innate functionality for wellness. We're all born with wellness. And I think what happens is uh, the windows of confusion get sooty and blocked up with a bunch of dirt. And we kind of just forget who we are about these basic fundamental blocks and ways of being. So how did you get out of your own way Uh, in the beginning? What were you going through? Yeah, this was this was a challenge for me. I I knew from my high anxiety levels. I mean, I had social anxiety so bad that I I chose a career based on never having to get up and present to people and being locked away in a laboratory where I could do my own thing. So I'm a chemical engineer and I spent 10 years developing pharmaceutical products. So I could develop pharmaceutical products in the safety of the laboratory. And I was around a bunch of other scientists who also were very socially awkward and it was great, but that was not my true calling and it was not for me. And so I knew that by the time I was 30, I wanted to be able to give a presentation. I wanted to erase all this anxiety that I had. And I just had that picture in my mind. But that takes work. And that takes talking to other people about my problem. And that was uncomfortable for me. So I knew that I needed to do the work. I kind of knew what work I needed to do. And I knew I needed help. But I was too fearful to ask for that help. What was the first step? Because I think so many people do, you know, especially if you're a questioner personality type, we've talked about this with Gretchen Rubin, you'll get everything set to take the action. You'll get all the guides and all the workbooks and all the PDFs, but you won't actually take that first step, which really is the most scariest step. It's the most scariest step. What was that first step for you? It is so scary. So for me, as I've been studying this, I was asking the universe through my meditation practice to show me how to both fix this anxiety and move myself forward in the space of health, fitness, and helping others. And one week after I was asking for that, something came into my lap, which happened to be the Bulletproof Coaching Program. That dropped in my lap. They, it was the first time they had ever announced a coaching program through Bulletproof. I had been following Dave and his work for a long time. And I signed up immediately, um, thinking it was going to be about biohacking and I was going to learn all this great health stuff. Yeah. So what pushed me to break through my fear and to actually confront it was going in person to the Bulletproof Coach Training Program with 150 other people, thinking we're going to do fitness and biohacking. And we sat in a hotel conference room for three days talking to each other about our emotions. Oh, <laughs> now we're speaking our language at Wellness Force, Thaddeus. This is oh, awesome, the, man. So I, uh, unin- the, the universe provided this yes. pathway for me. Yeah. And I was in that conference room and there was no getting out of it. So I was stuck talking one-on-one about very uncomfortable things for me, about my emotional state and having other people talk to me about that and help me through it. And I understood there's so many other people that have the same problem 
and the same fears and anxieties. And I got to talk through that with others. And that helped me understand that it's okay to ask for help. And people were excited to talk to me. They didn't judge me or put me down or make me feel uncomfortable. They actually, they helped me. So you also have done Qigong to help you heal. You talk about this on your website. Um, Biohacking for you. What would you describe? What's your definition of biohacking? I mean, what do you feel that even is for you? Exactly. So and some people get super turned off by this term biohacking. And, and maybe the word hack is kind of has a negative connotation if you, if you take it that way, if you choose to take it that way. For sure. And, you know, the way I look at it is it, it's this niche area right now that is expanding. And maybe there's a new term. But in my, in my opinion, what we do is we look at the latest science. So what does the latest science tell us about our bodies, our biology? And what do ancient practices have to do with staying optimally healthy? And how do you combine these ancient practices of being outside in the sun. We are mammals that evolved under the sunlight. Why should we be afraid of that sunlight? And hey, maybe the sunlight has these beneficial things that help us out. So what are these ancient practices that lock in health and vitality in us, as well as what the latest science tells us about our own biology and physicality, so that we can combine those two things to be better humans, to be optimally healthy, to fix our brains, our anxieties, our tribe. And then, you know, my passion is when I try that on myself. So biohacking is a lot about learning these things and self-experimenting. So you're a true N equals one practitioner. It's an N equals one, which is sort of a a misnomer. N equals one is a statistical term, which actually doesn't mean self-experimentation in in a one uh, person experiment. It actually has different connotation. Wow. So that term's thrown around a lot. But essentially what it means is you're experimenting on yourself and everyone's biochemistry and physiology and mindset is different. So different things work for different people. However, there are some things that are fairly universal. And as we try experiments on ourselves, combining these practices, we then tell the community what worked for us and let them experiment. And then it grow these ideas of how to be a better human, how to be optimally healthy, how to uh, really unlock our inner emotional states and, and past stresses and traumas becomes more normal to talk about and easier to fix when we see examples of how other people have done that. It was really cool to meet you here because you're like, I met you at Spartan Race. So, so Thaddeus and I met at Spartan Race. He was there uh, doing an interview with Michael Bledsoe from Barbell Shrugged. We'll link some of your stuff in the show notes too because I'm actually going to start digging into your work a little bit more. But what was really cool is you're like, Josh, I listened to a few episodes of the podcast and I understood that it was far more than diet and exercise. Yeah. And it was more the work that you had done when you first started digging into Bulletproof Coaching. You know, three days on a weekend talking about what's really going on from an emotional inventory perspective. Um, I do want to talk about your TEDx talk, but I just have this one deep burning question about the emotional release. Have you done the experiential training since the biohacking that you did with, or since the emotional hacking that you did with uh, Bulletproof Coaching? Have you done any other experiential learning programs? Have you done any plant medicine? Have you done any kind of holotropic breathing? Or have you put yourself in states where you've gotten to shed those old layers and write the new story, man? So this is just so cool. Like, and, and it's totally true. Like I heard fitness and I'm thinking, okay, is this, is this the right thing for me? Because I am in, I am in the fitness space. I'm in the health yeah. space. But what, what I have come to learn is that internal emotional work is probably one of the, if not the number one thing that most people need to work on for optimal health and to make themselves just a better human. So I love that your podcast delves into that. And I, I found it so fascinating to listen to the first two episodes and I was just drawn in and I'm like, oh my God, this is what you talk about on your podcast. This is exactly what I'm interested in hearing more about. So I cool. love that you do that. Yeah. Super excited now to listen to more. Um, 
have I delved into other things? So yes, I opened up this floodgate of, of just a different mindset. I can tell you today, the mindset that I'm in right now and the energy that I bring is night and day different from the last 40 years of my life. Um, That's a bold claim. It is. It may be a bold claim, but it is 100% true. And I've been thinking about this over the last six months of how different I feel in my own body and how much more comfortable I am and how much more that's allowed me to do and to be and to, and to actualize. So have I experimented with other experiential things? Now that I have the confidence to actually try these things and be able to integrate them and explore more of my internal psyche, absolutely. There's a lot of things that I've uh, experimented with. There's a lot of things that I am passionate about trying. Because of the fact that I work a corporate job, there are some things that I am not able to try. Sure. Um, I will talk about. Makes sense. And I will share with other people, but I can't necessarily experiment myself yet. Got it. Okay. But it seems like you are a seeker and this is why I'm so excited to talk to you, man. I felt this ever since I met you. You're trying to get to the truth kind of as quickly as possible, right? I mean, most people here want the truth. Do some of these devices work? Are some of them bullshit? The answer is yes, okay? You're going to find whatever resonates with you. So when we look at these pillars of ancestral health, you know, what we were put on this planet to do, man, eat healthy, move and sleep, and also the thoughts, feelings, and actions that you've explored so much. Uh, give us your personal guidelines around mm. these pillars of, of natural, healthy living. Like, what is that for you? The eating, moving, and then maybe the sleeping will dive into your TEDx talk too, because I want to uncover that a lot. For sure. There, and I love how you talk about the truth. So to me, dropping down into a state of mindfulness and presence, whatever that is for you, whether it's through microdosing and getting to know yourself, whether it's through an ayahuasca experience or whether it's through meditation or my personal favorite is Qigong. Qigong for me, I'm, a, I'm an active person and I'm a high, high anxiety person. So Qigong to me is a moving meditation. So isn't it great? Like the people that can't sit and do meditation, they can do a moving meditation. They can be moving while they meditate. So the Qigong to me helps me find my truth. And the truth is inside of yourself. It is not out there with some expert and some guru who says, do this, this, and this. It is listening to your own body, your own spirit, and tapping into that, that you will find the truth. And that has been my experience. So I do have like three or four guidelines that I personally follow that I think are the absolute cornerstones of health and truth. And that is natural sunlight. We were born under the sun. We belong under the sun. We should not be afraid of the sun. Now there's appropriate ways to use it. But for me, that is morning sunshine that helps set the hormone levels in me every single day. Melatonin, dopamine. First thing in the morning, grounded on barefoot on the ground, doing my Qigong practice. So I'm combining this meditation, this flowing movement, and the sunshine first thing in the morning to start my day. I don't do coffee. I don't do tea. I get outside and I do that first. How many minutes within waking does it really matter? In other words, uh, as soon as we wake, our body's going through somewhat of a hormonal cascade. There's a lot of things going on to kind of get us ready for the day. How many minutes after you physically get out of bed do you need to be in the sunlight before you lose the benefits of this morning practice in the sunlight? That's a great question. And there is no guideline on that. So I would say the guideline is in the sun, the sun rises at different times all year. And so the guideline is the morning sunlight actually helps your body create melatonin and dopamine. So within two hours of the sun rising is when you want to be outside. Later than those two hours, you start getting too much UV from the sun. 
prior to those two hours, and especially at dawn, there is no ultraviolet radiation from the sun. So you're getting the red and the infrared and some of the blue light from the sun, which set your circadian biology for the day. And by the way, the Nobel Prize was just given last week for circadian biology. What about this, which, so, which the guys from Or have been talking about. Exactly. So all the stuff we're talking about, morning sunlight, cir- setting your circadian biology, circadian biology affecting everything from thyroid to cancer to obesity, morning sunlight, Nobel Peace Prize or Nobel Prize. So this is not fringe science. Um, so to me... As long as you're getting out in the sun for about 10 or 15 minutes within two hours of it rising, that's the optimal. So that's the biggest pillar for you. And you talked about this. Let's actually please dive way deep into your TEDx. What blew me away is you said that melatonin is one of the biggest cancer-fighting agents. I had no idea about this. Uh, Did you find that out in your research for doing your TEDx talk? I found that out before I did the research for the TEDx talk. So I obviously did a, a little bit more of a deep dive before the TEDx. But I had already been researching this, which is why the TEDx team reached out to me to talk about this. How did they reach out? What was that like? Yeah, well, it was really interesting. So I have always thought about doing a TEDx, but I never thought that I had enough expertise or passion for one specific thing. And all of a sudden, I just started going deep on light and hormone and cancer. And as I started digging into the research, I just talked to a few people. Yeah. One of those people happened to be on a TEDx committee. And they put, I didn't, I didn't present my own name. They put my name in the hat, contacted me. So what happens is there's a committee and the committee decides, they look at all the applications and they decide what applications they want to review. They review the applications and then they pick, let's say there's going to be five speakers. They'll pick the top 30 and they'll personally interview those people. So I didn't put my name in the hat. Someone else did. And then they sent me a form. They said, tell us in detail what you would like to talk about light. I told them. And then they came and interviewed me uh, for about two hours about what I would talk about, what my message is, whether it fits with what their goals were. And then we had two more interviews. I love that we're talking about the power of sleep too. And your talk was actually called Light Hacking. It was. Which is interesting when we think about how light affects our energy all day long. You've already talked about first waking light, Mm -hmm. how that can literally uplift all these cascades that are happening. But in your talk, when you mentioned the blue light, we explored this with Doc Parsley in our episode. However, you said some things about melatonin that there's also an increased risk for prostate cancer for men if there's blue light before bed over a prolonged period. And for women, there's an increased breast cancer piece. that. Now, those are the just the only two cancers they've tested. So there may be other cancers that are coming from blue light exposure after sunset that we haven't looked at. We've only looked at breast cancer and prostate cancer and found a correlation. We haven't looked at anything else. We looked at obesity correlation. We've looked at heart disease and cancer of just the prostate and breast, and there's a correlation. Now, this isn't just like me saying this or a couple medical doctors guessing. This is the National Institute of Health held their first summit on light exposure at night globally. So our own government held a summit saying this is a major problem and we need all the researchers we can get focused on doing this research to find out how to prevent all of these issues from light exposure after dark. I want to let that land because Thaddeus is talking about something that's very recent here from the NIH. So let that sink in. Wellness Force, like this is a bigger deal than something you just let roll off your shoulder. Blue light is literally giving people cancer. Blue light is making you get fat. Blue light is affecting your relationships. 
blue light is affecting how you show up in your life. Yes. So blue light truly is an enemy. And you know what? That's fine. Uh, it's okay to make this blue light an enemy because in our whole species evolution, we've never had this blue Ever. light. Now we have it. So how do we defend against it? What do exactly. we do? What are the tactical things that we can do? You know, obviously with Primal Hacker, you talk about this a lot, but as a society, what's the dream solution you think? For sure. And th this is key. Like for all of, whether you believe in evolution or not, for all the time we have been on the planet, we've been exposed to firelight at night, no blue light in firelight, or the Edison light bulb, the incandescent, no blue light in that bulb. And all of those sources, firelight and incandescent, have red and infrared light, which benefit us. Now we're dealing with this new type of light. And the American Medical Association even put a warning letter out just a few months ago saying, please don't switch street lights to LED lights because of their effect on human physiology. But of course, they cost less. So everybody is looking at the wrong thing. We want to save a few pennies in energy at the expense of human and animal health. It's not just humans. I mean, animals are affected by these things as well. So what is the solution? This, that is a hard thing because we are not going to stop electrifying and lighting our society. However, there are better solutions. Halogen lights, low watt halogen lights can be almost as cost effective as LEDs. Incandescent lights. So halogen and incandescent are based on different technology with red and infrared and very low to no blue light. So if I personally was designing a home, low watt halogen, low watt incandescent, or obviously not everyone's going to light with with candlelight. Sure. Sure. Right? That's kind of old school. <laughs> exactly. Maybe if you're living in the mountains and you're in a place with no electricity, but yes, for, for, sure. for the natural solutions that we all have. Now I've been using the red light for a long time. Uh, I have all the blockers. I do want to point out for the audience here, the F dot Lux actually did not block all the blue light from some recent research. What do you personally use Thaddeus on your devices? Mm -hmm. What's your blocker? Yeah. What's your software? I used to use uh, F Lux on all my stuff. And then I saw a spectrophotometry readout of the blue light coming through the Flux software, That's which a really was a cool word, by the way. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very fancy word. <laughs> if you want to measure uh, the different wavelengths of light that are present, you use this device. And it that device basically says when you use Flux on your laptop, you still get blue light coming out. That's not good. That's what we were trying to block. So here's what I personally do. My strategy is, A, I wear blue light blocking glasses to protect my eyes at night. So I preserve that melatonin, the body's master anti-cancer hormone. You might go to sleep just fine with the television on and lights on, but just because you go to sleep fine doesn't mean you have melatonin present in your body to rejuvenate during the night. So block blue light with the glasses at night, strategy number one. Number two, install Iris on your laptop. Iris is just iristech.co. I'm not an affiliate. I get no kickbacks, but it's been proven to block the blue light from your device. Can you put Iris on a phone or a tablet? No. So... If you have an iPhone or some sort of Apple device, it's already built into your brightness settings. Apple knows about this. You go into your brightness settings and you enable night shift on your Apple device. And what you want to do is enable night shift whenever the sun sets. I try to use it all day long. I don't just worry about it when the sun sets. I use it all day long. You want to eliminate blue light during the day. We're already getting plenty of blue light from the sun and from overhead lighting. So why, why add to that uh, blue light. And then if you've got uh, an iPhone, same thing, you can use the night shift setting. If you have an Android phone, there's an app called Twilight. So I use a Twilight app. Again, I use it all day long. It takes away a lot of the blue light from your Android phone 
or your Google phone, whatever it is you choose to use. You said in your TEDx talk, $41 billion plus, which absolutely boggles my mind. Like, if you really think about how many stacks of $20 bills $41 billion is. Per year. And you put that in a room, we're talking about a mountain of $20 bills, literally a mountain that is spent on sleep aids, but they're not sleep solutions. These are just, they're not, they're not, so you take a sleep aid and you go to sleep. But that doesn't help you rejuvenate. So you're getting the sleep and you're thinking, oh, I'm resting. I'm getting all the rejuvenation benefits because I slept. That doesn't mean you have any melatonin present to provide the rejuvenation. And, and if we think about 33%, a third of Americans are taking sleep aids to go to sleep at night, that is a lot of people. 100 million people in the U.S. alone are taking sleep aids to go to sleep at night because they're not practicing sleep hygiene. If they were practicing the right sleep hygiene, that's not going to solve everyone's problem. But I would guarantee that it would solve a majority of Americans' problems of falling asleep at night by using the blue light blocking glasses and apps. And there's a few other sleep hygiene tricks that they can do and they can find out online that would help them fall asleep each night without the sleep aids. I see all these people and I see that they're, they're searching too. You know, they're really trying to find out like what's going to work for them. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest misconception that most of these people believe uh, in regards to biohacking? Do you think that they think it's a shortcut and by getting that shortcut, they won't have to do as much work? Is that kind of the big thing? That's what I feel. It, it, so, I mean, like the hack is, I mean, like in general, why do you hack something? It's, to, it's the minimum effective dose necessarily to get the result you want with the least amount of work. And that's great. And that's what we all you know, potentially want is how do I get there the fastest? And I think a lot of these people think these vendors, these people have a magic pill or a magic technique that I can give you money for yeah. and get to where you are. What they don't know is all these people that have done this great work. I think they've done two things. They've done some sort of therapy on themselves to explore the universe in themselves in a way that they couldn't in a normal reality. Yeah. And they've done the emotional work. And then they come up with these ideas of like, oh, it's this simple. It's this thing. And you can have it too because I have it. These people don't know the work that they've done to get to that point. And they're mm. not selling that background. They're selling the technique or the device that they thought of during that work. They're selling the end result, but yes. all the deeper inner work. <laughs> I'm telling and like you. all that exploration. Nobody wants like, to hear that. <laughs> well, and by the way, you can't download that from the internet. That is not a five-step guide. That is not a five-step guide to exactly. healing. Like this doesn't <laughs> exist, man. We're really trying to mimic this time 10,000 years ago when honestly, the technology didn't exist. And I feel like we're here at this conference and it's a rise of technology to the demand of the other side of the sword that technology is actually harming us. So technology is this true double-edged sword and it's what helps to fuel Primal Hacker, the positive health and wellness technologies that can uplift the human. But on the other side of it, what do you believe about the negativity towards addiction and technology? How have you explored this in Primal Hacker, people's addictiveness to technology? We talked about this with Mind Pump for two separate shows. And I'm curious your thoughts as somebody who accepts and embraces technology and embraces biohacking. What do you think about the addictive nature yeah. of tech? So um, that's a great question. And I did listen to the Mind Pump episode. It was great, both episodes. So I highly recommend other people listen to those. It was a fun episode to listen to. I Thanks, listened to man. it on the airplane on the way over. Cool. Um, I, I absolutely agree technology can be addicting and absolutely man for kids. So I've got two young kids, six years old and eight years old. And I'll tell you what, that technology 
sucks people in. It is a dopamine hit whenever you get a notification that someone is like talking about you or to you. And it's great. This, I mean, in a world where we've been so disconnected and so plopped in front of our televisions, we now have this interactive tool. Technology is amazing. And my main goal with this is what is appropriate technology and what's appropriate use of technology. I don't tend to look at the addictive nature of technology too deeply because in every society, there are addictive personalities and addictive substances and addictive things that people will, will delve into. So if people are using technology in an inappropriate way, that's often because they're not doing that emotional work that they need or they're not aware of what it is that they're doing and that it's addictive or causing harm. So technology is not the savior for everything. However, it's a layered benefit if used appropriately. And I think we're going to have technology. We should have technology. We're inventing te technology. We are, humans are nature. We're not, there's not man-made and nature-made. We are made from nature. Part of nature is making all of these things. Yes. How do we use it appropriately to benefit ourselves versus breaking ourselves down? Well, what's interesting is you brought up this incredibly true fact that we're sitting on cushions here in the aura booth, the chill zone. All around us is things that have occurred from a man or a woman's imagination. Everything comes from the mind and our thought processes, and then we just take whatever things are around us and construct things, technology being one of them. So the very same thing that sometimes people use to numb, which is alcohol, even technology, whatever it is, it's because they're not doing that emotional deep dive, yes. which is paradoxically the same place that the innovation came from, right? The truth is there, yet it's multi-layered, and there's so many things that block it. So when we look at peeling the layers... You know, give us some steps that you've seen be powerful yeah. with peeling those layers to get back to the core deep truth about the real emotional inventory. For sure. And I, and I think, number one, it's awareness that you have the truth inside of yourself, but you have to slow down and understand yourself, tap into your own emotional and physical state. And if you do not do that, you are not going to understand your own truth or the truth of what's out here. So when, you, when, when I come into this conference room here at Bulletproof, the energy is high. There's noise everywhere. There's gadgets and flashing lights and red lights. It's not just the coffee either. <laughs> exactly. I'm not I just mean, high on the coffee, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> or whatever other substances I've taken in the meantime. And what we have to do is like there are things that will draw us, but only if we pay attention to ourselves. So it's, it's coming into here and stopping for a moment and taking a breath and feeling what's going on inside our body. Most of us never take the time. What physical sensations are you feeling in your body right now? Take the time, close your eyes, feel those sensation, open your eyes, and now you're going to see the richness and the detail, and something will draw you in. And there's a reason that thing drew you in. Go explore that. That is part of your truth. If you stay mindful and understand why you were drawn to that booth, that person, that device, that is your truth. And I think understanding that your mind and your body has way more power than you ever imagined and allowing yourself to tap into that is what more of us just we need to explore you've grown an incredible body of intelligence you're also growing currently an incredible body of work i got the pleasure of meeting your mom last night and she's so healthy did that influence you in any way what's your relationship with your mom in regards to your own health and wellness yeah. how did that affect you yeah, so I grew up with, with my mother. My parents were divorced when I was probably four years old. And so I saw my mom doing many things. We grew up 
extremely poor. So she was constantly running around trying to make enough money to feed us and clothe us and, and keep a house, you know, a roof over our head. And she was eating healthy. She was, she never ever allowed us to have dessert. I never had dessert until I went, was in high school and went to a friend's house and had dessert. Like I was like, people eat dessert after, <laughs> after dinner. Like I kind of saw that on television, but I didn't think people really did it. Yes. And so like, I'm like, wow, this is like so different. And so like, we were never allowed to have dessert. We, you know, this was back in the eighties when I grew up. So like whole wheat bread, which is obviously not an ideal thing, but it sure. was healthier than the wonder bread. And then we were never allowed to have soda. So I never really had a soda or was able to like buy my own soda till I went to college. And so I grew up watching my mom like do aerobics in front of the television. This was the eighties. Um, and just, ride her bike to work every single day. And to this day, I'm sure she rode her bike to work every day to save money on gas, but I saw it as physical exercise and she was doing it to stay healthy at the time when I was a kid. And that's what locked in for me is my dad at 40 years old had six pack abs and, you know, nice muscles and he always worked out. And so that's just the the lifestyle that I saw was my parents were healthy. My father was a vegan macrobiotic and all these things. So I understood from a young age that Having this powerful body leads to a more powerful and clear mind. And, and eating and food and, and movement have a lot to do with how you show up in the world. Wow. And so I took that with me my whole life and have always been on this, this quest to seek out, like, what does it mean to be healthy in mind and body and how do you achieve it? And I have explored. I've been vegan. I've been vegetarian. I've done, you know, the Weston A. Price diet with traditional foods. I've explored a lot of areas and really tried to find out for me, you know, what's my truth and what, what makes me feel the best and show up in the world with my best self. Man, I just got chills multiple times when you tell that story. You're such a solid human and I've, it's been such a great conversation and I'm thinking about who's listening and they're like, well, Thaddeus, I didn't have that example. I, I didn't have a mom who was doing aerobics and riding a bike and my dad didn't have six pack. Mm. Uh, what do you tell them? Because the first seven years, 10 years of our life, that's when a lot of the synapses are hardwired in. Yes. So what do you tell the people that are listening? How do they create that new story when they didn't have yours? Exactly. So I had a story of physical health. I did not have a story of mental health. So my journey has been different than everyone else's. My journey was self-exploration and how to overcome standing up in front of people and having sweat pour down my head, not being able to talk and walking off stage as people laughed at me over and over again so that I would never ever took a job where I would have to do that. Your journey might be, oh my God, like my parents are unhealthy. I have these things locked in that food is comfort and I want to eat and it's emotional eating and I understand that it is, but I can't stop. And so everyone's truth and everyone's exploration of life is on a different path. But what I'm here to say is, you need to understand yourself and your truth, and you need to then go out and seek the things that are going to build you up from the inside out, whether that's through learning about diet and then finding the right support group and the right, again, it all comes back to internal work. If you, if you had unhealthy habits around food and exercise as a, as a young person, then your internal work is going to revolve around those things. My internal work resolved and revolved around being comfortable around other people which really meant being comfortable with myself. So once I learned to do that internal work, that is what catapulted me to break through my limitations. Wow, mind-blowing. I think <laughs> someone's brain just grew an extra set of synapses right now. You have blown my mind, and I know as a father, things change. I see my nieces two and four, 
and it's super stressful for me as an uncle to take care of them. Uh, you have two boys? Mm, I do. And it, how have your health habits changed as a father since you've had your children? Oh. <laughs> so it's so interesting when, when you're single and you think, oh my gosh, I have so little time <laughs> to do all these things. But yet you wake up in the morning as a single person and and you can meditate and you can brush your teeth and you can write in yeah, your you journal, can do your qigong, right? Do your qigong, yeah. <laughs> you can do your yoga. You know, I wake up, my kids wake up at five in the morning every single morning. They're six and eight. So for eight years, I've been woken up every morning at 5 a.m. or earlier with kids jumping on me in bed. So even if I wake up at 4.55 and I start doing my morning meditation in bed, within five minutes, I've got somebody jumping in bed with me and ask me when I'm going to get up. And then when I go outside to do my morning sunlight and my qigong, Qigong says, don't let anyone disturb you during this time of meditation in Qigong. So I go outside and, and of course I want my kids outside in the morning. So my kids are right there pulling on my leg and once in a while they'll do Qigong with me, but then they're asking me a thousand questions. So I have way less time because I've got to make breakfast for my kids and get them ready for school and get them to the school bus stop and hold a full-time job. So my health habits have had to be very intentional and I've had to be much more surrendered to the fact that I am going to be interrupted during these practices. And instead of getting agitated or anxious or angry, I just have to say, isn't it great that my kids are here with me and they're seeing me do these habits and they're practicing them with me, whether they're running around outside or practicing Qigong, they're outside and they're seeing these habits getting locked in. And I have to be okay with being disturbed multiple times and not getting in the ideal routines that I want to get in. Well, I just want to acknowledge you for so many things. The first one being you're being that physical example about healthy movement practice to your kids, but you're also doing the inner work. And that is the 360 degree human that's really going to help uplift this world. So thank you so much for what you do, man. I'm curious for this last great question that uh, I think is going to be unique to you as a dad, as a, the, somebody who's really creating change in the world. How would you define wellness in your life? What does wellness mean to you? And how do you stay curious about that? Yeah. So, you know, to me, like you can look the pinnacle of wellness and you could be super unhealthy. We see people dead on these gurneys all the time that look six pack abs and they look amazing. They ran marathons. Outwardly, they were Adonises, but inwardly, they were not healthy. To me, health comes from the inside and wellness comes from the inside. How comfortable do you feel in your own skin? And how excited are you about life and exploring all of the possibilities around you? That's health and wellness to me is being curious, being excited to get up every day and being comfortable with who you are from the inside out. Mic drop, we're done. <laughs> um, no, I do want to give people a place to learn more about you. So it's primalhacker.com. And you also have plans I saw on the site for a coaching certification process to cut through the clarity, yes. which in a sometimes confusing world around biotechnology and health and wellness and kind of all these biohacks that people are reading about. Uh, what's your vision for that? What are you trying to create there? Absolutely. There, the, frankly, there's a lot of bullshit out there that, that people yeah, get into. Yeah, thanks for the honesty. Right? right? And, and just, I mean, to be completely truthful, people want to get healthy and well, and they go out and they copy biohacks, but they don't know why they're doing them. Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing cryotherapy and I'm in this infrared sauna. Well, why are you doing that? What are, what are you trying to do? Oh, well, it has these benefits. Well, do you need those benefits? What do you actually need? What I want to do is create a biohacking certification program. It doesn't exist today. There is no certification for biohackers. How do we take biohackers and teach them the basics, the science of what biohacking really is? so that at the end of the day, they can create their own biohacks and bring the whole community forward by using the science and then 
taking that science and creating unique things that others hadn't thought of so we all progress forward instead of copying other biohacks because these big name biohackers are doing these and saying everyone should do them. Understand why they're doing that, understand the science, and then use that to create your own unique biohacks that help all of us progress. If we didn't get enough clarity for people around this blue light, we talked about it quite a bit. Just give them one thing they can do on the weekend, literally today, this weekend. What's one action step from this whole podcast that they can take and put in action? So I would say that there's, I'm going to give you two because the, the absolutely most beneficial things you can do, get outside in the morning with as few clothes on as possible, with no glasses, no sunglasses, no contacts in the way, and soak up some morning sunlight to reverse some of that damage and to create your dopamine and your melatonin, the happy hormone and the hormone that's the anti-cancer hormone. Do that first thing in the morning, get out there, soak up that sun within two hours of sunrise. And at night, use some blue light blocking app on your software. Not everyone can go out tonight and buy the glasses, but everybody can enable night shift on their Apple device or install the free apps that take blue light out of their devices. That is, what a great conversation, man. But a joy to meet you and get to know you and just looking forward to everything you and Primal Hacker are going to create in the next couple of years. Um, we will see you live the next year at the 2018 Biohacking Conference. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.